Okay, welcome to this issue of Up the Poly. Um, this is the marathon podcast. I'm a bit self-conscious. I'm surrounded by people, uh, not looking at a screen. Um, but everyone who's here uh, either lives here or enjoys doing marathons, um, <laughs> or is a coach <laughs> who really hates doing marathons. <laughs> so um, this episode is about. We've had a recent glut of people doing marathons. And there's plenty of stories to tell, and I just felt we should reignite the podcast and get them told. So um, I'm just going to start by asking Natasha to say a bit about what she's doing here and just take it from there. So good evening, Natasha. Hi, Mark. Um, <laughs> I am here because I ran London back in October. Uh, it's my third marathon. I ran 323, um, and it was a good day. And therefore, I'm here to be positive about marathons. Right. So, all right. I'm, no, I almost launched into. <laughs> <laughs> so, go on, then, Simon. You're on. Uh, I'm here more from a coaching perspective. I've done one marathon in 2019, Keel the Dark Skies, and I hated every single second of it. Chose a nice, easy one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. So, yeah, I'm here to give uh, the flip side. To Natasha's positives. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join with that. Standard. Okay, yeah. we're just going to move around the room. Uh, it's Steve Colby. Um, I was really fortunate to get in the the London Marathon uh, ballot, which I think was about the ninth time of trying. Yeah. Um, it was my first marathon, and I ran three oh four. Lovely. Uh, Graham Graham Hall. I ran a couple of marathons about fifteen years ago. Uh, one was quite good one was crash and burn and then I didn't run anymore um, I also entered the dark skies but realized after about five weeks that my training was destroying my legs so I'm here as a kind of had a hand in a couple of coaching programs was a bit of a cheerleader or coffee drinker during the London Marathon and I'll pass it over to Roger I'm Roger I recently ran the Barcelona Marathon largely as an excuse for a holiday nice which and it was all great, apart from maybe the last few miles, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle, and I've just finished my first marathon. I ran London this year in October. Same one as Natasha, and I finished in 3:30. Absolutely delighted, and cannot wait to smash in another marathon next year in Chicago. So you're booking the trend of wanting to do another one. Yeah, it's booked, Mark. It's booked. I don't think you should be. Hotel's booked. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg, Greg Kirkbride. Um, my marathons are usually tagged on the back of uh, a swim and a cycle. Um, <laughs> don't ask me why, I still haven't figured that bit out. Um, yeah, I'm just here to sort of talk about uh, experiences from from that perspective and how, um, how over the last several years I've been doing more strength and conditioning, which has helped me yeah. avoid, with, with that in mind, avoid injuries uh, allows you to compete. Okay. And I'm Greg, and uh, I'm heard about chocolate biscuits as well. I mean. <laughs> 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 yeah, because he's a bit, he's a bit green on the old marathon. No, I did accidentally do three uh, marathons this year: Berlin, <laughs> London, and um, Manchester. How many weeks did that take, Greg? Uh, three, three and three. <laughs> <laughs> Not, never to be repeated. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bearing the scars. But, uh, so yeah, I'll tell you about that so, to get to. Hello, I'm Alison. I'm here because I live here. <laughs> not my husband. And I've been six marathons. Uh, last one was 2008, I think. Berlin. In Berlin, yeah. I had 320. And I will do another one at some point. 
you know, when I have kids, there's a problem. Um, and that's and yeah, I'm your podcast host. I don't really like doing marathons, but I've done five of them. I was totting them up, and I don't I don't know what my PB is. I know I got under three fifteen. I think it was quite a bit under three fifteen, but I genuinely can't remember what it is. I have to look it up. It was in two thousand and five, or possibly six. When did we do? Well, don't worry, that's for later. But um, it was ages ago, and I don't I tend to run off road, so. But I do think, I would say for sure that marathons, I don't think my legs have ever hurt more than after a road marathon. I've done longer things and over days and whatnot. That, the pain, I know. So in terms of these recent marathons, should we start with that then? Just, what was it like the next day? Who was in the most, do you have a paint off? I mean, how did everybody <laughs> feel the next day? Tone off, my A what? Tone off. Oh, so I mean, sorry, go on. Going downstairs was obviously very bad. Sitting on the loo can be quite tricky. We have another friend who did the marathon who broke her toilet roll holder, holding on to it to get oh. <laughs> down off the loo, who shall not be named. <laughs> um, no. So, yes, definite pain. Um, and I agree with you that the roads are so much worse on your legs. Yeah. I mean, so to... Just show of hands, I mean, obviously I'll have to count them up. Um, generally speaking, uh, the people that have done recent marathons, who's happy with their run? Three, four, three and a half. Come on, Roger, <laughs> and, and you're, were you unhappy, uh, moderately happy, somewhere in the middle? Somewhere in the middle, maybe, yeah. It wasn't my fastest, but not my slowest. Right. And I suppose, you, you, I'm going to pick on you because you said earlier on about those last few miles. Mm. My distant memory of marathons is that halfway is around 20 miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's reasonable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what was what when what was your story? Then talk a bit about Barcelona. Uh, really, as I said, it was fine until about 20, 21 miles, and then just was it sudden? It was quite sudden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not cramp as such, but certainly a lot of suddenly feeling weak in the legs, yeah. slowing down, and just the, the mind going as well, and just going, oh, look at this. That's <laughs> awful. No one takes it all dust. And did that then dampen the euphoria at the end, or was, because uh, I've always wondered about that. Uh, maybe a little bit, you know, there was still a sense of achievement, crossing the line, thinking, well, that, that's done, that's great. Yeah. Where's the bar? Um, mm. <laughs> What's Barcelona yeah. like? Was it as a course and as an event? It's know. it's it's a nice marathon actually. I recommend it certainly. Yeah, it's very flat. Um, it's a great big loop covering all the sites. Right. There's a couple of out and back bits, but they're not too bad. And, uh, but you just wouldn't recommend the last six miles. Barcelona twenty seven. It'd be maybe cheap and just yeah. Know. Right. <laughs> I mean, did anybody else have um, a bad last six miles, or did? push through it, how, how was, because that idea that I've never experienced another discipline where that just the last few miles are so profoundly difficult and even when I ran a sort of decent-ish marathon that that was still there, I mean I think I managed to hang on but I, that acute feeling of right I'm really hanging on now, mm. um, I mean did, did those, for, it, for those that went well, did you have any of that at all or did it, was it just a case of this is my pace and I'm hitting it. Does, I, any, does anyone get to 20 miles and go, yeah, this is easy and it's great and I'm going to just speed um, up a bit? I ran at 23 miles 
in my training, just purely <laughs> to look for the wall. I was looking for the wall all the time. Where is it? When am I going to hit it? When am I going to crash? Never hit the wall once in training. Yeah. Well, actually, in the London Marathon, I got the 21 miles, and I felt my watch was going backwards. No. <laughs> and between, yeah, between 19 and 23 miles was agony. Not, not, not on the legs, just... Oh, interesting. Just the mind between yeah, 19 and 23 miles, and that and that was coming off the back of Canary Wharf, which I'm sure Natasha will agree. It's just a grey, grey pyramid, yeah. and you, you, everything looks the same. Everything's tall. Everything's grey. It's a blur of faces. Uh, so for me, for me, even though I had trained really well, ran further than I probably needed to to run, I still hit the wall at what I would probably say is 21 miles. And was it sudden for you as well? This, this was it all of a sudden. Bang. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. It, it did. It did come on. Did, did come on quite sudden, and yeah. it just, it just seemed to drag. Those four miles were, were, were torture. I knew, yeah. I knew when I got to twenty three that I would be fine because the next three miles, a park run. Mm-hmm. Put it <laughs> in my head. It's a park run. Thirty minutes at the most. I've got thirty minutes to get through, and I think if you try and break it down psychologically, half an hour in this grand scale of, of three or four hour runs, not not too yeah. bad. So is that what people found themselves doing when it got hard, just breaking into that, it? That's exactly what I did. I, I broke the race in uh, uh, three separate sections on the start line and it was the first 10 miles, the second 10 miles and then a 10k after that. Ah, right. But actually I changed tactic at 20 miles and broke it down to two 5ks <laughs> because <laughs> it just seemed a lot shorter at the time. But the bit where I struggled with is probably exactly the same around Canary Wharf yeah. was kind of between 16 and 20 miles, which is quite early. Yeah. But that yeah. wasn't my body that was like that. It was my right. mind yeah. that was like that. Yeah. And I just knew that when I'd hit the next milestone is in 20 miles, that I would be okay. Yeah. And it was also a point where I was trying to take on energy gel as well. So I knew I had that to look forward to yeah. um, <laughs> when I got to that point. But I did have to change the tactic slightly to break it down a little bit further as I got towards that the kind of 20 mile mark just felt worse than you wanted to then was that i think it was more just just yeah just just felt it's just the mind more than anything else the yeah. body felt absolutely fine my my splits were really consistent they were pretty much seven minute miles throughout the whole the whole race um and it really was just a mind thing for me that's interesting so um, i mean great come on mm. <coughs> well it's interesting uh, steve michelle both doing their first marathon and it's further than you've ever run in a race so you need you need a kind of mechanism to to deal with it and i think uh, obviously i'll run two or three a year so even though that's not many you know relative to other park runs or whatever um you have a much better idea in your head of it's that long don't go too quick in first 20 you know and so you need a lot less calibration i think the more experience uh, or the more experience you've got running around so I always deliberately run slow <laughs> first uh, 20 miles and I generally run negative splits now but it took me 25, 30 marathons before I got to that point of being able to kind of control <laughs> so it's only another 29 for you then he's got a few years on me you know <laughs> so how long have you done in total? Um, 33 wow Bloody hell. It's getting quicker. Well, I don't know about that. 
don't think I'll be getting any quicker any anytime soon. So in terms of the build-up and the training, um, I'm interested to see whether or not people have different tactics. Um, I mean, Graham was saying before that you set some marathon programs for people. So who here did a Graham and Simon program? So Natasha and Michelle. Um, so what does that entail? And what's the logic behind that? Our esteemed coaches. Miles. 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 <laughs> 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 Being a coach is easy. <laughs> well, it was in four segments, really, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, so we, we break it up into four segments and we do, I'm trying to think back now, we split it into blocks, four week blocks, right. um, and then a three week block at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a block building up endurance to make sure that you're ready to tackle the major part of the plan yeah. and then we'll do a block of kind of threshold to get them to learn marathon pace yeah. right. um, there's also a block of vo2 stuff which is shorter faster reps um, mostly club stuff mm. and then the last bit is a taper which is like a three-week taper of just coming down to get the legs fresh on the day mm. so so i think it was was it was it five runs a week something like that we had we had three we had sort of three main paces didn't we? Yeah. that we suggested. Everything was based around well, it's like everything really, and, and I'm sure everybody else knew. What's your what's your target finish time, and then everything came off the back of that. Yeah. You absolutely just gave exactly what people asked for for their finish times as well, didn't you? You didn't yeah. at all make them a bit quicker and not tell people <laughs> well, that no, they no, were going no, for no, quicker we, times. No. So no. So it's what's, what's <laughs> the finish say, time? Is that true, Simon? <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a cheeky smile on your face. <laughs> well, I think some people came with people who were doing the first marathons, not not Michelle or Natasha, but other people wanted like a four and a half hour marathon plan. Mm. And Graham and I talked about it, and we looked yeah. at what people were running ten k's and five k's out, and we decided pretty much everybody could go sub four. Right. But there was a couple of people who, if we'd said to them, you go in sub four, they'd have panicked and they wouldn't have done it. So we gave them a sub four plan, but didn't put sub four yeah. on it. <laughs> we gave the time, <laughs> and the hope was that nobody would have a look and go, hang on a minute, those splits. Uh, but but they, we did also talk to we did also That's talk what? to people and say after sort of four weeks, yeah. how are you finding it? Do you think you want yeah. to knock another five yeah. minutes yeah. off the target time? So it wasn't just It wasn't just kind of. 16 weeks out there you go uh, because you you know obviously well you know better than, than yeah. us so, even now so what was that for you then michelle what did you start off as and what did it end up as so i started saying the first marathon i'd like to do sub four i think that's the the goal everybody like, tries to get to is sub four yeah. but then i realized that actually i quite like marathon training and actually um if i wanted to do like another world marathon I looked at the age graded yeah. qualification time and so for my age to do Boston or Chicago it was 3.50 so I went back to the guys and said look it's 3.50 um, do you think this is doable do, do, and they said yep absolutely okay well we'll tweak it a bit to kind of like train at 3.45 um, and then even in the last few weeks before the marathon I was, I was, I was above that mm. um, but didn't want to, didn't want to push it any further in case I just don't bloom on the day because I had no idea that what it was going to be like on the day because in training although you are running longer miles you do have to stop for a, a comfort break you do have to stop for a gel and even the 23 miler I ran I would run the first part myself meet my husband who would be parked in a car park I'd meet him run with him for say 10 miles or so yeah. um, he would go home 
um, and then I would run the rest of the race myself. So there were small breaks. So when I came to the marathon itself, I had never done 26.2 miles continuously. I never knew what it was going to be like. I didn't know what the weather was going to be like. You, you just can't, you just can't tell. So yeah. I wanted, I wanted to try and run a little bit faster than my training plan to give myself a buffer just in case, you know, I got cramp or had to stretch or I had to walk or whatever. Yeah. And then you would beat it by half an hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 They're not bad, these coaches. <laughs> I think a question worth asking for everybody, whether they had a plan with others, is, is, is what about the role of other people training at the same time? Because mm. yeah. not, not we had a WhatsApp group for a lot mm. of people oh, really? making yeah. runs together, and then everybody was watching each other on Strava mm. and get. So that, I think that, I don't know. Yeah, what we had exactly the same. I mean, I, I obviously had a, a training plan off Phil Reese, which with the intention of running about 3.20 at first, right. and then again, partway through the plan that started to shave five minutes off and then yeah. so on and so forth but we had exactly the same in our group we had about 10 uh, people running different marathons within the space of three weeks right. um, of each other so we had whatsapp which just went a little bit above and beyond the kudos you give people on Strava typically mm. yeah. so usually after we, we'd sometimes all do our long runs at different times so we'd kind of message each other on the whatsapp saying great run this morning oh, you know brilliant. even if they would put quite a negative comment on it you know we try and boost each yeah. other and things like that um, we then kind of had an evening in the pub, which was great, um, where we, we got into some really quite detailed conversations about kind of what gels to use um, and people's different experience on gels. I mean, as me as a first time runner, it was fascinating hearing the likes, um, you know, Paul Gilder, Jimmy Anderson, um, Michael Parkinson and the, the, the issues that they've had whilst running and training your stomach to take as, as mm. many gel as you can on, hydration tablets mm. and a big bone of contention was carbon fiber play shoes <laughs> um, where is this the way to go or is it a cheat shoe so we had really good conversations around uh, around that as yeah, well both. <laughs> but it was just a way for us all who were as I say competing at different levels of our marathon training yeah. to touch base with each other and as I say go a bit further in terms of rewarding each other for our runs or track sessions or whatever we've been doing really and that materially helped with your motivation and did that get you yeah, out of yeah yeah I think so of... because even I think <clears> just like Strava it means when you're out on your own someone's always watching you <laughs> you know you come back and, and you know you know it's posted on there and when yeah. you do your, your mileage you know you know you're going to get have that conversation when you go home and typically you've seen each other when you were going out as well mm. it was really hard to get our Sunday long runs combined together because we've all got different circumstances at home some people were doing on a Saturday, some people were doing on a Sunday, some people were getting up at half five on a Sunday to do it, some yeah. people were training a bit later, uh, but but really helpful. Brilliant. And, um, in Strava, I've got to mention that, I mean, it's <coughs> it's interesting generally that what Strava does, I was talk, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was talking to someone at the awards do, <coughs> who said to me, oh, I'm quite interested in doing an ultra, and what, what would you recommend? And I said, well, depends you know on lots of things on how long it is whether it's whatever the, the, the terrain what you have to carry but I said one thing you probably have to do is slow your runs down a bit and the response was but my Strava pride won't let me slow my runs down <laughs> people can see and I said well you just have to swallow your pride you know dignity is overrated just uh, but I think it's interesting that Strava is kind of in people's consciousness now when they train and well in some some people I mean I, I don't really mind what it looks like but it's definitely a thing is what I think I'm hearing which is interesting um, and it was brilliant actually just watching people I was actually 
for the first, uh, you know, looking at Strava, waiting for people's marathons to pop up. It was mm. great. Mm. So uh, I enjoyed that. But um, <clears throat> so in terms of the traits of people, not everyone did um, obviously your two, your twos. And Roger, Roger did. Plan. You did. Vaughan's Vaughan's plan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so what did that entail? Uh, again, miles and miles. <laughs> 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 a nice little touch he puts in every week or every few weeks is a nice hill run where you run about 12 times up Priory Hill. Oh, very good. Then he goes straight from that into 10 miles at marathon pace, just to reproduce the last six miles where you're knackered and you've got to try and hit pace. Gosh. Which is, uh, I can see the thinking behind it. Wasn't always thinking that at the time with the headwind going up the coast after <laughs> 12 Priory Hills, but no, no it's, it's, a good, it's a good idea to try and get you ready for that. Those last four miles. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I admired a lot of your training. I saw you quite a few times because you live around the corner. But um, yeah, I think your identity. You were really consistent. Um, and I just you just see all these. I noticed on the club leaderboard, building up to the marathons. You saw you know, <laughs> you you might do forty or forty or fifty miles a week and be in the top five, but you weren't even making the top fifteen if you got <laughs> fifty miles at one point. It was absolutely mad. So. You know, all good. Um, any absolute things you wouldn't do again? Anybody got any tales of woe, or just just things that didn't work? I love yeah. twenty miles around the track. That was actually amazing. I was I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I'd never do it. And then I had one conversation with Greg, and within about three seconds, I'd said, "Yeah, let's do that." And it was amazing. So I would absolutely do that again. That was an so how many laps is that? Uh, Eighty, but we did a few extra for good measure because oh, like, my watch was um, my watch doesn't do distance on the track very well. Right. It was really fun, we, we had a little... It together and yeah. we had various people turn yeah. up and run bits with us and the time just passed. It did, it was great. I had people with me for the whole of it, Charlotte, David Quinn, Alison, Suzanne, people just rocked up from everywhere and joined yeah. us for a few Back miles a few and it was laps. properly lovely, yeah. yeah. And it's quite a forgiving surface as well, so... Exactly, it's something yeah. else you can pace it, you don't have to worry about, you know, I'm off road for this bit and all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or getting lost, obviously. It was good that for me. Getting lost on the track would be a new <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? I'm in a discus cage. So, what? I mean, you mentioned jowls before, Steve. I'm, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to things like that. What's your gel of choice? How many did you take? It's, it's, How many it's, miles? Yeah, it's it's now the Morton gels. I, I did use the uh, the sports and science ones. Uh, yeah, I yeah. then tried to use the high five ones, uh, and then I switched over to the Morton ones. But I couldn't stomach them very well. Yeah. So I took three on the course with me, um, and I could I could only stomach two of them. I, yeah. I physically couldn't put anything more down because yeah, they are they are you know not much to them. Um, yeah in terms of that I found the biggest plus was probably just having water every two miles then that's mm. just that was just a really brief sip and then chucking the rest of it yeah that's just a, an absolute sip and then yeah. discarding the rest mm. um, was enough for me mm. wow anybody else use them or things like shot blocks or anything like that yeah I use shot yeah. blocks I yeah. use like cliff, cliff cubes because I just mm. I have the science um, gels that Steve's talking about <coughs> but I could I, I couldn't get more than two in, yeah. so I'd have just like a little jelly cliff cube every three miles or so. Um, and I had water, but I also had isotonic. Graham told me once, once if you don't have isotonic, you will lose your marbles, and it will just go. <laughs> and, and so uh, he, that was the best advice yeah, I think I've probably been given was have one isotonic, one water, and just keep going between the t between the two. You're the 
excellent piece of advice um, I got was salt tablets. Yeah. They're so underrated. Oh my goodness, they're mm. fantastic. Always have salt tablets, stops getting cramp and uh, yeah, it's just a marathoner's dream. So I use those little, they're called Noon, L-N-U-U-N, which are like a hydration, lots of high electrolytes and yeah, never get cramp when I use those. Mm. When I did um, London, when I set my PB, whatever it was, it might have been a bit quicker if it wasn't for the fact I took, I think I took eight gels with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'd had six of them by mile 18. And let's just say I was in and out the port of Lewin in less than 30 seconds. I was desperate. It was, it was coming out one way or another. And um, I saw this port and I just dived in. And I was running with this lad. He had a West Ham top on. I thought, right, when I come out, I need to find him. And then I know I'm back on where I was. And it took me two miles to catch him. But yeah, I, and I was like looking at my watch in this portal going, right, okay, 90 seconds, right, I've got to find 90 seconds. So yeah, that wasn't a good, wasn't a good move, taking all those gels. Shockingly. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. And it was sudden as well. It was like, dum -dum 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 -dum. oh, right, yeah, okay, I need, a, I need the toilet. It was, it was, uh, so yeah, important tip, don't take six gels before <laughs> mile 18, I don't know. That was horrible. I was very pleased at London to, um, in the bit when it was really hard, which was probably about mile 19 to mm. mile 23, I was really distracted for a lot of it because I was running next to a lady who'd pooed herself. Oh. And um, you could visibly see it. And I was like, I cannot <laughs> run next to this lady because it, I, I'm just, it's going to put me off. It's going to ruin my experience. So I was, I was desperately trying to get in front of her. And then she had like two toilets next to me again. And so we played a bit of like cat and mouse it's with the lady who pooed herself. Oh. Yeah. Where's, where's Ben in all this? I think at that point Ben was slightly ahead of me, but maybe well, this is part of the reason that I caught him up. It wasn't Ben. No, but um, you'll be pleased to know that Ben and I did beat the lady who pooed herself and probably had eight gels. Yeah, possibly. I don't. I hope she knew. Or do I? She's just reaching a uh, racing weight, surely. <laughs> is that another piece of your advice yeah, yeah. from years ago? Do it on the course. <laughs> Stop for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, mainly because you sat there not saying anything, so I'm, I'm intrigued. Are the rules different when you've been on the bike and you've swam for a bit? So if you're doing an Ironman and you get to a marathon, is there? A, have you hit the wall already? When you're, are you hitting the wall at mile ten, or are you yeah. taking a different approach to it? You hit the wall earlier. Yeah. You hit the wall right about mile sixteen. Nice. And then it is just digging deeper and mm -hmm. hanging yeah. on um, for, for whatever you can. Um, yeah, so coming off the bike, eh, the first the first five or six miles tough because you you've just been on a bike in a really awful yeah, position. Over mm. all that time, yeah. yeah, it's not just a regular road bike as well. You're on a time yeah. trial bike where you you just you just crushed crushed into a, a horrible yeah. position, and then. Um, yeah, start running. You, you you like the hunchback when you run for the first mile or two until you, your body general yeah, you are hunched over until your body relaxes and you yeah. can stand up and then and do you uh, take a lot of fluids on the bike. Yeah, yeah, so fluids, um a bit like what we were saying, alternating between water and um, isotonic. Mm -hmm. Um I'd probably take about a litre, a litre and a half on the bike. Mm. Uh, so that's over 112 miles. That's that's actually been for a 
a nice morning swim as well yeah. and then um, gels as well so I, I do take a lot of gels so you're talking about eight gels I'd probably go through 12 <laughs> but by the time we all I how do you do that when you're going how do you open your gel God carefully yeah it's, it's an hour yeah, it's, yeah. it's not so much opening the gel it's actually getting rid of the wrapper because if you count through the way you've got to find someone to stuff them and, yeah. and the tri suits we use are um, yeah, really? there's not many pockets. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that can be quite challenging. Um, but yeah, so so you you do hit it earlier, um, yeah. but it's more of a it's more of a stagger rather than a run, to be quite honest. So um, you're, you're not paying. By the time you've been active for that long, I'm guessing that this whole notion of <coughs> strategy, which is lovely when you sat on a sofa, looking at a laptop. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're, you're actually there and you just, it's depressing to think you had a plan, you know, that sort of thing. It's just, it sounds like you're just hanging on. You, you, you do, and it, it's a bit like what, um, what Natasha and Michelle were saying about, and, and about breaking it down into yeah. um, the final segment. So when, when you hit that, that wall, my, my go-to is, my, I do, I, for, for a run from my house to the time out and back, it's around about, five and a half miles six miles yeah I break it down into that <coughs> so I'm running a time up and back twice for the last part then I've, I've yeah. only got I've only got to do that once then I'm coming back from time mouth and uh, <laughs> so it's breaking it down into those segments which really does help yeah. um, and part runs are helpful for that yeah. you know? they, they are they are so it's, it's un yeah getting a regular knowing what your distance is and what how much you've got to go mm. makes a massive difference massive mm. difference I can't even imagine having done that on a swim yeah. and a bike and then and doing to, like 26.2 yeah. miles is plenty to yeah. think about and get your body yeah, ready yeah. for it in itself. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of um, a lot of mental endurance as well you're talking yeah. about when you were coming to mile 20, 2023 20, or was it 2021? A lot of mental endurance there as well because if you think about it as a I've got to get off the bike and run a, a marathon. Mm. You just wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get on, start the run, and then you then you just get into that rhythm. And um, so mental endurance is 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 more like mental denial, isn't it? It's, pretty it's like, much, yeah. It's just if you thought about the whole thing, you just lie down, wouldn't you? No, you, well, you'd think yeah. I'm not doing. I'm not getting <laughs> I'm not doing, doing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, and the start at ridiculous times in the morning as well, which mm. doesn't help. Wow, a whole new dynamic then. Yeah. Yeah. Six o'clock starts, not good for anybody. I've got to ask because I'm just, it's just popped in my head, but not just for people doing Ironman, but generally. Any any chafing issues, anybody else? <laughs> we discussed chafing on oh, yes. our WhatsApp very, very regular. Yeah. So I, I don't really think anybody had that much chafing because we all had chafing during the training. So uh, I don't think there was any chafing mm, on the day. Well done. Although I actually randomly got the oddest chafing ever because oh. I ran with Ben for the first half marathon and that just sounds weird doesn't it <laughs> no, in a completely innocent way because um, I was talking to him I had my headphones around my neck for the first half marathon and I've never run 13 miles with my headphones around my neck mm. so I had really bad chafing on my neck of all places oh, bizarre. yeah so it's Ben's fault bloody Ben <laughs> you spend some time with Ben and end up with some sort of changes. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just as a synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. 
I think it sometimes goes by the rule of not changing anything on race day either. Yeah, so yeah, right. all the long runs, personally, other than the poly top, I was trying to wear the same pair of shorts and the same yeah. pair of socks. Right. Um, not always the same pair of shoes, but a very similar brand of shoes um, yeah. and things like that. So that probably helped me more so on race day to make sure that I didn't have any mm. problems anywhere. And I, I imagine there's less anxiety there as well. You just the, le yeah. the less you give yourself to worry about, the, the better your race will go. Absolutely, like. yeah. yeah. Mm. Just Vaseline yourself up, don't you? The, the morning of, it was, you put Vaseline in places you really yeah. never thought you would. And during the race. Yeah, mm. just keep going. <laughs> so glamorous, isn't it? No. I've got the on my on for for longer ultra things. I've got these two little tiny little pockets on the back of my pack. Sudocrem in that one, Vaseline in that one. So one's the prevention, one's the all oh right. I didn't quite prevent it. Let's get the old Sudocrem on. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it can completely wreck your race, cheeky. Yeah. You know, it can bugger it up. So I mean, hats off for for, for dealing with that then, because yeah, it's. Uh, I always find Chaykin's stories entertaining for some reason. So I've got to I'm still scarred by your buff bum well, chasing that's, that's, story. For a, that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say I didn't use it again. Um, uh, so is your 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 bag that does the chafing when you do the ultras or? Well, no, this particular one. I'd, I don't really know about I'd, the I'd buff. Have been a bit <laughs> if it's that bad, I just wedged the buff up there and he did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> Glamorous, but I've got Manchester booked in. When's yeah. that? It, that'll be next April, I think it is. So all the spring marathons are going to be back then, basically, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah, booked in Manchester as well. April right. the third, I think. Didn't yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll just stick to the blind ten k on April the third. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll be very busy doing plans again. Yeah, it's almost as hard. Like, yeah. Harder. Probably much harder work to sit in the coffee shop. All I can't watch tell you how much I sweated watching those dots move. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> It was exhausting. Genuinely, I had a swell. So, so come on then, coach. Just talk me through race day when your charges are out there. Well, well I kind of. Well, we we started off watching the telly in our separate houses, yeah. trying to spot people, and then then the text started because we got the, we got. We, I think how many do we have? About fifteen people on the tracker in the end. Yeah. We had you on the tracker. Yeah. We, we, had, we had we had all everybody in this room in the, on the tracker. We uh, and, and many of Bill group. Yeah. And, and then so and then the kind of. 
you know, people are, the, tr the track is quite, obviously it has a few issues with GPS and suddenly people leave a mile in two seconds. But, so you, you're following the dots and then people are going through the 5K checkpoints and all the rest of it. And it's probably what, after about, about 45 minutes, it's kind of, well at some point we're going, this is just crazy because all we were doing was texting. <laughs> went to the coffee shop instead. Really? Simon had the split screen open and yeah. I had the dot screen open. Never heard anything so nerdy. You know, it, was it was great. It was great. It was brilliant. It was really good because you could see when, uh, for example, Greg ran alongside Natalie for it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we could see these yeah. dots going like this, and then they kind of merged, and then they kind of went a little bit one way and the other. And and when you were running with Ben, obviously the tracker on a, on a phone can't take in two dots in exactly the same spot. So so one of you disappeared from time to time. And, it was, and I was really great. conscious that they would be watching. And if Ben oh, was right. slightly ahead of me and he went over the timing, that I was thinking, <laughs> they might be thinking that I'm, I'm like losing it yeah, and I'm right. slowing down. Mm -hmm. What are they going to be thinking? Because I know they're all tracking me. Mm -hmm. I felt exactly the same. Really, did that. you? I knew, well, that's, I knew, that's I, knew I was running too fast. I, I knew I was running too fast. and. I, I could was just she see. running too fast? Yes, yes, she was. <laughs> yeah, I just, but no, because it ended and the, the results it ended. At the beginning, we were kind but of. your thoughts were. We, we had oh, a yeah, at the beginning, yeah. we were talking. What? We had a bit but of a mad panic at 5k. We went, went, have you seen what Michelle's just done 5k? <laughs> yeah, and I knew, I knew, and I thought, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be, what's she doing? What does she do? We told her not to do this. We told her a steady, a steady half, <laughs> then the other second, that's not what I did. Um, but anyway, we got through the end, so that's all good. So well, you, you, you got proper settled in by the sounds of it, then you two. Oh, it's coffees right. and yeah, you know, and just took the morning out. Yeah, I told you I was not. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was it was it was it was a it was a great morning actually. It was. Not just because of our involvement in people's plans, just to watch people and people end up. It's just a fantastic way of doing it, rather than just watching the telly and maybe catching a glimpse of people to actually do the entire. Whatever, fifteen or more people from the club on the on the dot tracking was it was brilliant. You get caught up in it. You get mm. caught up in the whole excitement. I think the night before on the WhatsApp group, everyone mm. was talking, and I, I had had a drink, and I was sitting at home. I was sitting at home on the WhatsApp group, and I went onto the uh, train line website. And I was thinking, should I just go down to London tomorrow? I've got nothing to do. May as well. And I had a I had a ticket in my basket for ages, and then I was just sitting there going, it's two hundred and sixty-five quid. What are you doing? <laughs> I just to go down for you one drink. Another drink in you, didn't you? <laughs> I, I was minutes away, and if I'd messaged Graham and said you fancy oh, him, he gave me any like yeah. I would have spent two hundred and sixty-five quid to go to London for an hour. I thought what you were going to say is what you actually did on the WhatsApp group the night before, which is when we were all chatting and you said, right kids, get to bed, yes. you've got an early morning again, yeah. and then we were yeah. all like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> they were way too late, all of them. <laughs> but honestly, I think all of that hype around London and the, all of the club people getting places and yeah. the WhatsApp group and, you know, the chat on B team about it and... Mm. I think all of that helped me to do so well because I felt like I had the whole flipping oh, club behind me. Yeah. Whereas I think I actually felt sort of worse for the people who had the York Marathon, the Manchester after because we had all that. Yeah. How was it? I was just seeing everybody do their marathon five weeks before, <laughs> and then you had to keep keep away. It was fine. I mean, it was good inspiration. We there was that element. Of, here we go again. I'm back out again. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, you know, I had a race to come, so that's always exciting. It, and it extended that quite a nice period for us. So thanks for doing that. <laughs> all these people doing marathons, it's lovely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't really do marathons, but found it 
uh, you know Simon says you get caught up in yeah. it I, I did I was really keen to see how what he was doing but flicking through Strava on my way back from my foul race and what am I doing <laughs> but uh, no it was, it was brilliant and there is something even as not, I don't really do much road running but even I can see there's something special about that marathon distance. Mm. I don't know what it is. If it's it's just there's something quite um, I don't know magical about it. I suppose, which is why you put yourself through it. I guess because it's like you say, it's a, it's an horrible distance. When you think about it. It's, it's not so long like a thirty or forty mile where you know running slow is it's run slow, hang on, finish. Mm. Finishing in itself is an achievement. It's not so. It's it, but it's long enough to. To, to get you in a right old state and you can't get away with marathons they're not mm. quite short enough if you're in good nick and you get your tactics wrong you might still do a good half marathon or even mm. 20 miler I think it's a bit of a of like a whatever the opposite of Goldilocks distance is it's the opposite of just it's just wrong isn't it it's, mm. you can't get you can't blag a marathon you've got to get it just right tactics and training so it's why I think I've done five of them and I think I've only done two half decent ones the other three were total disasters <laughs> I remember doing the first London I did, I was about three miles before the finish and our Aussie, we had two Aussie friends, um, were like, were, Alison and I were doing it and they were nipping around the course spectating and I'm running along and I knew I was in hell and I just, I heard Caroline, an Aussie friend, going, go on Mark, Mark, just trying to get my attention and Greg went, just leave him, he's not hearing you, it's, you know, and, he just said it was zombie-like, and I looked round and everybody else, there's the odd person who got the splits right, but yes, like yeah. Alison would have done, you know, and um, and it was just awful. So I, I did, that was my first ever marathon. I got a lot of respect for the distance that day because it's just just a bit longer if you, than you can blag. So yeah, fair play to you all, <laughs> bloody hell. And of course, it's, it's the distance that, I mean, I'd say it defines you, but people tend to, you know, it's the PB I, I suppose you remember the most, or it's the one that perhaps jump, you know people talk about. You listen to running podcasts. In fact, we did it a bit tonight, and occasionally there are people introduce themselves and say, "Hi, this is Steve so and so, two fifteen marathon runner." It's like that's your that's your label. So and I don't think there's any other distance that does that. There's something quite enigmatic about it. So and for, and for me, I don't think it was just the day it was the whole 16 weeks yeah. that mm. i enjoyed I um especially coming out of kind of lockdowns and everything we've yeah, been course, through you've, yeah. you've kind of had this kind of mm. i mean at first when i when i received my entry i was i was buzzing i was like brilliant i've got into london after nine years but then the next thing i was like i don't even know if this is going to go ahead or not yeah. so do i start training do i not start training you know mm. where do you go in terms of that and then i think just the whole mm. 16 week build up building up to the kind of last hurrah of the race and then for a little bit afterwards you kind of get a bit of marathon blues because mm -hmm. you're kind of like you're not running six days a week or, or whatever mm. you're doing training wise as well so it was the kind of whole build up for me which, I see which got to me marathon that was a mistake <laughs> 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 I should have done another one the week <laughs> <laughs> I mean did anybody else have that marathon blues sort of anticlimactic feeling no, because you know I love I love the marathon training, but I loved it for sixteen or whatever weeks, and then I was delighted to leave it and not and have my life back. Because the problem with a marathon plan is you have to be really careful it doesn't take over your whole life, and you start yeah. going, I can't do that because I need to run this, and I can't see you and see my family and have an actual life outside of it. So I was really pleased. I think I 
I felt like I put on about stone after the marathon, mm. you know, and just enjoyed being able to have a glass of wine again without going, I've got like eight miles to run in the morning. Uh, yeah. Constant preoccupation. Looking at Strava, a lot of your runs are hungover anyway. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but they were very much less so during marathon training. I, you know, because you do, you, you can't enjoy your drink, can you? If you've got no, 15 yeah, miles to do the next day. There's, there's a lot of sacrificing that goes on. Yeah. Um, to be honest, during the whole 16 yeah. weeks, partic- mm. particularly socially. Um, and it just so happened in September. I think I had two weddings and a stag do in the build up to the October marathon. But you sometimes just got to battle through these things. Eleven miles on a Friday night. Yeah. After work. Yeah. Fun. Coming off the train from London and doing yeah. the long run. Eleven miles on a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's the worst week of marathon training. Yeah. Sadistic. Who would put that on a Friday? That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Shocking. <laughs> I, I found them. Um, I don't know how anybody else. Bears with this, but I found take a week yeah. that re- really difficult. So the week, the week up to the marathon, yeah. really difficult. We had two, two six mile runs to do and a five mile run. I felt my legs were like bricks. I it, it felt absolutely dreadful. I couldn't even run six mile. Never mind the thought of actually on Sunday I've got to run twenty six point two. I I couldn't I couldn't work I couldn't work out how how that worked physiologically. Yeah. And people say trust the program, yeah. trust the program, and then on top of that, filling yourself full of carbs. Mm. I, I actually yeah. felt like a beach whale. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, sat- the Saturday night before I ran. Yeah. yeah. Guess what? It, what? Guess what? It was for tea. More pasta. Lasagna. I, I was fit to burst, <laughs> but actually it worked. It, it it worked out in the end. But as a marathon newbie. Found it really difficult, mm. but I understand that it does work it's now, so it'll be fine for the next one, I'm sure. Someone said to me that the training is actually much harder than the race day, and I thought that was actually great advice because I think it's true. Mm. Yeah, the, the race, race is kind of the, the glory one, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the thing about tape, I mean, I'm tapering this week, so Perfect. you know, you just described how I feel this week because mm-hmm. I'm racing on Saturday, and um. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to it now, but I just did. Or did it affect your mood? Yeah, that that whole that whole week, I was really grumpy, mm. really tearful. Felt I couldn't run. Felt I had bricks tied to my legs. Couldn't work out how I can't run six miles when I've got to run twenty six at the weekend. I just, yeah. I just couldn't, just couldn't, and I couldn't work. I couldn't work out the science of it, and I couldn't work out the physiology of it, which yeah. annoyed me even more. Um, but in in, in the end, the guys said trust the training, just trust the training. Anybody else have any tapering issues or not? I quite enjoyed it because you suddenly had loads of time again. You <laughs> <laughs> seem to enjoy everything about the running, to be honest. <laughs> I think I could make a great couch potato slash fast love, yeah. No, I liked it because you suddenly went from like, I've got to run eight miles every night or ten miles after work to, oh, look, I can actually like see my friends. and mm. yeah. yeah, that's great after the marathon as well, isn't yeah. it? And you've been running. Huge. And, and you can run what you want. You have to rest after yeah. the marathon. And it's kind of all these holes in your diary. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what to get out of it. And just the eating is lovely after a big event as well. Just hoovering up food. That's my favourite bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a bit, I don't get grumpy the week before if I'm tapering. I just get a bit distracted, a little bit preoccupied, sort of disappearing to myself a is little bit. Is that true, Alison? <laughs> <laughs> well, one person's preoccupied and the other person's grumpy, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, what do you think? It'll be, it'll be cut out of the 
Yeah. I mean, what about you? You haven't said much, and you've got bags of mouth of experience. Actually, I, I mean, I'm embarrassed. You, I, I don't know anybody who can pace like Alison. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. If you don't do very few marathons and big gaps between them. How do you manage that negative split or even split? It's the training, you get in your head what is your marathon pace and get used mm -hmm. to running at it so that you know come out and say that this is what I'm running. I think on your long runs don't go too fast because if you get too injured so just having certain runs and the weakest of my marathon pace and then come race day, mm -hmm. that's it, just click on it and go on with it and just keep running. So are you saying stick to the pace? <laughs> yes. Can you say that again, stick <laughs> to the pace? <laughs> but, I mean, when, you, when you're doing those first few miles mm -hmm. in a marathon and you're sticking to the pace and it feels really slow mm -hmm. and you're thinking, I'm on it today, well, I'm going to push it a little bit and then you die in your ass with three miles to go and you kind of know deep down that that's probably what's going to happen when you pick it up. Mm. You just hope it doesn't. Mm. But you, you're brilliant at saying that. I'm, I'm going to listen to It's a long way, isn't it? It's a long way to go, so yeah. you've just got to stick to your plan. You did loads of cross-training as well, which really impressed me with how amazingly fit you must have been back when you did that as well. Yeah, I didn't do as much swimming then as I do now. Um, but yeah, I think a bit of Pilates, strength work, mm. definitely got to keep that going off circuits. You can't all just be running because you'll mm. get injured. Mm. Having a bit of a balanced approach to it all as well. Mm. I mean, nutrition, hydration, looking at the whole picture as well. I'll never forget when I, I came down to watch Alison. The, it was the year before we both did it, and um, so I was just nipping around the course. And she said, well, I'm going to be running eight minute miles, so that's where you'll know I'll be. And it was. Almost to, well, to the second, I couldn't get over it. And then, so at the beginning, it looked like <clears throat> she was getting past a lot, and there were people going by, and I ran Cutty Sark, and I'm thinking, oh, I hope she's all right. Even smiling and waving. And then I got to the 23-mile point, you were going at exactly the same pace, and you look, you're like Linford Christie, because everybody else was <laughs> zombieing along and trying to hang in on it. You were, it just looked so fast, and yet we looked at your splits. Not only did you do a two-second negative split, you ran 3.30 dead. Like to the second. Mm. I think mm. That's the stubbornness that I yeah. see every day, darling. Yeah. Um, in your uh, in your pacing, no, I'm doing eight minutes. I'm doing one. I'm doing eight. Seven fifty-five. I'm doing eight. Mm. And I just mm. thought I was just. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worthy. It was amazing and pretty bright at the end. So I didn't seem to hit the wall. So I just mm. thought. I mean, this. So you kind of I w watched Alison do it and thought, well, that's what you do then next year. You know, hey, first 5k in 19 minutes now, right? This is brilliant. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and then you, you know, absolutely, I blew up and had a mare, you know. So, uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. You know, the night before the marathon, Greg messaged me, like it was lovely. He just randomly messaged me with like about a 10 point advice list. <laughs> and then one of them was something like take it steady for the first. Yeah. 15 miles or something, because you'll go past all those people who flew past you, you know, miles You also did say, though, I like to have a beer the night before, and I was like, <laughs> not touching alcohol at all. <laughs> You've made up for it afterwards, haven't you? <laughs> 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 just me, everybody. So did you all meet up? I know we were talking about Ooh, London, and yes. it wasn't just London marathons here, but did you all get together and... I saw the odd photo, but I wasn't quite sure if everyone was there. Yeah, we all went to... We all shared which pub we were going to go to in advance and then we all met there didn't we and it was actually lovely because I don't know if it's that pub and they do it every year but basically 
every time anyone walked in with uh, the London t-shirt or a medal, the whole pub erupted into cheers and a round of applause when you walked in. And it was just lovely. Mm. I mean, I've been to loads of marathons and loads in London, and that was probably the best post-marathon, you know, party. And it was just one of those things because there's a big group from the North East. I mean, we do it after the Great North Run and stuff like that. Mm. But there we were in a pub in London. Mm. Like it's like we own this corner of the pub. <laughs> yeah. and as you say, every time someone walked in, it was brilliant. I had the reverse of that because my wife travelled down with us as well. So after watching three hours of running, which is not particularly interested in, <laughs> she then kind of like, after we got back to the hotel, she's like, can we go out sightseeing for the rest of the day? Oh. So from kind of one o'clock till about nine o'clock, we were around the London Eye, we were up Leicester Square, Covent Gardens, really, yeah. around. but going back to your original conversation about how you felt the next day, I actually felt okay, but when I looked at my watch, I'd done about 60,000 steps that day, <laughs> yeah. and that's just probably because I just kept on moving throughout the day, yeah, and just kept it go, kept it going. So that's what you'd recommend we all do then? Yeah, yeah I mean, there was the occasional pub which we popped in as well to rehydrate, but it was a lot of uh, touristy things after that, so yeah. I can't believe like how how long it takes you to recover mm. afterwards. I I had no idea. I had no idea, and I thought I was pretty fit when I ran the London Marathon. I got a really nasty um, cold virus the day after, immediately after, yeah, obviously way. from the pub in London. Yeah. But uh, I think that kind of floored me a little bit. But actually, the the thing is, so is it is it for every man who run, it's a day of recovery yeah. or something like that. And actually, that's so true. Because it's only now, six weeks on, that I actually feel like a normal human person that can actually run yeah. at speed without having to struggle with is, my is, breath. Are you talking about your running recovery, or your, is there other fatigue, tiredness, or the things that you notice? Both, ru- yeah. both running, 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 definitely just the lungs. Um, mm. Bless him, Roger. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we did we did the the park run trial thing. Oh yes. The new course. Yeah. And off, off, off I trotted, I just couldn't, I couldn't, there was just no way could, could I keep up with C-Team. I was trailing off the back, could hardly breathe in, and Roger, bless him, um, stayed at the back with me to, to get to get me around. I just, I just couldn't, just couldn't work out what was wrong with me. It's my lungs, I just couldn't breathe. Yeah. And um, it's probably only last week, my mum said to me when I walked in for Sunday lunch, oh, you actually look you actually look all right today, actually. <laughs> oh, and obviously, I've been looking dreadful for the last, <laughs> last five weeks or so, but I don't think people realise what what fatigue and what it takes out of you. Yeah. I certainly didn't. Yeah, and don't do what I did, which is the Saturday after the marathon, do parkrun in, like, 21 minutes, and then the next day, go and do cross-country and come fifth, and then wonder why at the North Tyneside 10K you can't move your legs. Mm. Shockingly, because it was two weeks after, yeah. After, yeah. yeah. And then I, and then I think Mike said to me like, you need to rest, yeah. so you're gonna injure yeah. yourself yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like it's delayed me sort of getting back actually. Yeah. What about what about appetite? I mean, interesting. Did you just stuff yourself stupid the week after, or I know that I I always do. Maybe because. You run a bit further there, don't you? Well, no, I mean, even after a marathon, um, I think you remember. You lose about two stone in the race now. No, don't start me off on that. But, but I certainly remember after marathons having a real. It wasn't so much more food, I just wanted to eat bad food for a week. I just wanted crap. You know, I was just shoveling anything down. But I don't know, maybe that's just me. But 
Did anybody notice any change in appetite, or was it just, I don't know, whatever? Uh, I don't think it was a change in appetite, it was just having the opportunity to eat the food that you possibly didn't mm. have yeah. the previous 16 weeks. So you were pretty disciplined beforehand. Yeah, right? really disciplined, Ma mainly because I was frustrated the first eight weeks of training that I hadn't lost any weight whatsoever, right. yet I'd been doing all those additional miles. So when I reflected, because I was keeping a bit of a diary and writing quite a lot of stuff down, mm. that I was kind of, I was, I was eating to fuel the runs, yeah. whereas I didn't really have to, I was overeating. Mm. So I was never actually losing any weight. And then after about eight weeks, I thought I'm going to start weighing myself here because I'm, I can't see any physical change mm. in myself. Um, and then in the last kind of eight weeks of training, I'd lost um, nearly a stone, to be honest, oh, about, oh, about three, awesome. just over three quarters of a stone, yeah, which right. is where, where I started to feel that the speed was then picking up mm. because yeah. of it. And that was just controlling what I was eating a little bit more. And was that in terms of your meals or was it reaching for things, snacking, all that kind of thing? bit of everything I'm I think it was just because I think it was just because you were running 60 miles a week you yeah. just kind of think I'll just eat constantly all yeah. day and graze and mm. eat the stuff that you probably didn't need to but you thought mm. well I'm going out for a run later so it doesn't yeah. matter yeah and that, that's exactly what I do I'm just I just need to get my stuff sorted out because you do you justify it don't you um, I mean, I'm in training I need that I'm kidding myself like if I go out for a run later and I'm flagging halfway through because I'm hungry well I'll never forgive myself right <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear that once you actually fought that yeah. logic, the weight came off. So interesting. I think your listeners should appreciate there's two enormous plates of yeah. biscuits. In <laughs> yeah. I'll take a photo actually before we go and put it on with the <laughs> You all have the biscuits. Um, well, I mean, is, so just to just wrap up, so we've almost done an hour, and that's just I think that's a good length for a podcast, but. So some people, are, most people seem to be booked in for another marathon, which is excellent. Um, and generally speaking, there's a lot of positivity. No one sat here saying, I had a shocker. Simon says he hates marathons, yeah. which is fair enough, but uh, I think you're all mad. But there's, I suppose, it'd be a nice thing to finish about it. I know it's a bit corny, but it'd be interesting to say what advice you'd give people. So you're not first time marathoners now. So somebody was sat here who's, contemplated doing or was committed to doing one what what would be your sort of key tip what got you through it i would say for me the biggest learning from me doing a terrible second marathon to doing good third marathon is keep your your easy stuff easy and mm. your long slow runs really slow and like you say drop the ego mm. and do run a pace that feels a bit ridiculous but actually when you're finished you feel totally fresh and you're yeah. not dying for another week it's a nice feeling getting to the end of a long yeah. slow run and not being knackered. And that's kind of how you should yeah, isn't it? So yeah, I swear by it. And that was what the first, the second marathon I did was terrible because I did all of the miles at too fast a pace for mm. me. I remember when we did the podcast, Greg, you, we talked about this. Mm. You were saying exactly that, that you, you treat your long runs as nice and slow and steady. You haven't yeah. got that Strava ego thing going on. Because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think you look at your own Strava a hundred times more than anybody else looks at it. But it's it's just weird, isn't it? It's that thing that Strava can do. And any other sort of gems that you anyone would pass on? I would say that you need to at least run twenty three miles in training. Have to at least run that distance in, in training because then psychologically you've only got another three in a bit another part miles to go. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is definitely uh, consider taking salt tablets. 
Are you in the pay of big salt tablets? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, and there's a whole debate goes on about, we'll not go into that here, just for another. But um, whether, we are, whether you're a salt, uh, salty sweater or not, there's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> Various tests for uh, salty sweaters. Interesting. Mm. I think I'm in the pay of big pastry, the amount of things I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, one thing I'd say, I was sitting the side to Paul, and one of the best tips mm. I had that worked for me was, especially on your first marathon, when you get your plan, don't look more than a week ahead. Ah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when you get it, you're going to be curious and you're going to have a quick look. But I think the, the bigger lesson is don't, be, don't keep looking ahead to six weeks away and going, oh, I can't do that. Because yeah. by then you can. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's not, it's not a dissimilar point to your race tactic, is it? Like, don't mm. be thinking about mile 20 when you're doing mile two. Because mm. you, yeah. you taught yourself out of running at the right pace, whether you pick it up or back off. So I'd never thought of that on training plans before, but that makes perfect sense. I think as well, when me and Graham give out our training plan, we give it out in blocks. Mm. So they get the first four weeks, and they don't get the next four-week block until they've got to the last week of the first block. Right. Because, as Roger says, the first thing everybody does is look right towards the end when you've got a 23-miler in or you've got a progression run or something they don't want to do. Yeah. So we give it out purposefully in blocks. That's very smart. Except when people then demand all of it at once because they're a control freak. That was just one person, yeah. <laughs> and that person was given a plan that wasn't actually the correct plan. So yeah, that's true. I like that. So. I think I think for me it was just use the experience around you, um, mm -hmm. whether it's your coach, whether it's other runners who have done thirty-three marathons. <laughs> you know, use them and and take take little bits from everyone that will work for you because it's your race. I mean, I mm -hmm. spoke to Greg about negative splitting. And when I got to halfway, I was thinking, there's no way I can negative split that. But that wasn't my race. That's the way that Greg races. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, use the experience around you. Brilliant. I mean, I think maybe more of a general endurance thing. But, and, and again, this isn't flannel, it's real. I think if you, if you find yourself getting into a mental low, just thinking, right, I'm, I'm not having this. I am going to be positive, even if I feel crap something about finding the positive in something um, can lift you out of it I mean sometimes if you stick a gel in while you're doing it hopefully not your eighth but um, just just trying to find some positive in something can can really lift you out of a, out of a well and it keeps you going stops you giving up on it and I find that I'm always doing that in, in when I'm having bad patches and remembering bad patches are patches you, they're not, mm -hmm. it's not going to be like this to the finish line a bad patch you'll come out of it so uh, I mean that that's the thing when I before I do a, a, a long event I get a piece of paper and I write down the things I think I need to remember and I lift, lift it goes in this pocket here and I'll take it out and I'll read it you know and it's um, like I think that's kind of helpful and that's always at the top of the list bad patches are patches um, because you can get yourself you can totally blow up if you if Men mentally long before your body gives up so and for me it was remember your your why of why you're doing it mm. you know because you've put in 16 weeks of graft like you've obviously gone through all of that for a specific reason or multiple reasons that are personal to you mm. so it's trying to remember that when it, you are dying and you just think sod this I'm just going to walk off this course and I'm just mm. going to sit in a corner and cry for a little while how's it going to look on Strava Roger's Roger's completely right when he's saying the mental side of it is huge. Yeah. In terms of, I, I read somewhere during my marathon training that 
there will be something in your marathon training, whether it's a bad run, an injury, there'll be something in yeah. your marathon training that comes up, smacks you in the face, and what you have to remember on marathon day is remember that worst point in your marathon training, and if you come to a low on the race day, put yourself back into that bad point, because it can never be as bad as that. Mm. And that, that, that really helped. That, that really helped. That really helped me. If you're not having to shove a buff up your backside, <laughs> <laughs> buff up your backside. then you're in a good place, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but I was reading um, did Chrissy Wilkinson, the triathlete. Yeah. Um, she, she was at London. I ran past her. Oh, was she? Yeah. Well, she I was know. saying, I'm not contradicting you, but her take on it, because I think a personal takes important. But she was saying, if you're having a bad patch, remember your best session. Remember yeah. that session yeah. where you felt on yeah. fire? Same sort of thing, in it? And yeah. You, you yeah. know, you can, you're a good runner. Remember yeah. you're a good runner. Mm. Uh, I remember reading that and hers and thinking, yeah, that's a good point. And you're flailing around in a bog with a buff stick down your back. <laughs> um, <laughs> bringing that up. But, um, but you're right, the mental side of it is, yeah. is so important. And I think we neglect it. And that's why I think a lot of people, I mean, the people who've done first marathons and done them well, I mean, hats off because I think certainly when I did my first one I hadn't even thought about the mental I just thought of it quite logically mm. and 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 um, got it wrong really got it wrong and mentally was completely shot with just over half to go it was awful um, you know that was 20 that was 20 years ago but I think it's just acknowledging that that's an issue and trying to find out what your why is and what your tips are I think that's brilliant I mean the one thing I would observe that you've all <clears throat> talked about but I think is the key advice is have a good plan I'm looking at the coaches now because mm. it's almost that's been taken as a given but actually that's been the thing that's been your go-to hasn't it you've all gone back to your plan and run on a when Friday night at 11, 11 miles 11 mm. miles marathon pace Mr Jameson Friday night worst week of the marathon I just hope they change it next year that, that week but I, it won't mm. it won't be changed you've moved it to a Saturday night <laughs> <laughs> listen to your feedback Michelle we tweaked it and it's a 12 mile an hour it's just on your Monday when I'm sitting you, you know this is going to be that the week that I asked to amend the plan <laughs> But, the, but having that plan and like Roger said, not looking too far ahead, it yeah. just means you you're not having to overthink everything, I guess. You can then focus on the things that you need to just that you can control and just stick with the plan. So sounds like people have had good plans, good support. Um, I mean lots of pe people running together, particularly on Mad Track Run. And you know, a good plan on the day have have adapted and um, that's why there's a lot of good marathons in here. So that's oh, brilliant. So um, I'll wrap the podcast up. I think I think that's been fantastic. Um, well done, everyone. Um, I I think it'd be interesting to see how, how this comes across to people that didn't do marathons, but um, <laughs> but quite entertaining at least. Highly uh, glamorous world of marathoning. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, and just one final thought. I think when people get back into marathon training again, it would be interesting to to perhaps pick up some themes and develop them again possibly through something like this because I'm, I'm kind of a bit jealous thing, you, know, you know listening to all these stories of people moving through together good to chronicle it somehow but uh, perhaps we'll think of that another time yeah. so thank you very much everyone and uh, I'll put this out over the next <laughs> few days so cheerio <coughs> and peace <laughs>